The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone, I'm Mac19 and this is the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Uh, joining me this evening is the lovely Porsche. How are you going? Oh, great. What a glorious, glorious grand final week this is when either the either Collingwood will win the premiership or West Coast will win the premiership. And right now, I think I hate West Coast more. <laughs> and I can't believe I'm saying that, but I really do. I don't mind either team. I'm happy that these two made it. And whoever wins, I'll be pretty happy with, I think. So I'm, I'm all right with it. I'm okay with it. I would prefer Collingwood, I have to say. I would much prefer Collingwood to win over West Coast. Um, but at the end of the day, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. Like, I feel like maybe it could be. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the end of the world is coming, it might be for an event like this. So. Um. Well, look, I guess you live in Melbourne, so you probably don't want Collingwood to win. And look, West Coast supporters, I don't know any West Coast supporters that live in Adelaide, so they're not going to bother me too much. So it's kind of, kind of not not that big a deal for me. I reckon. No, I'd be happy with either. Honestly, I live far enough from Collingwood that I'm not concerned. But if there's an outside chance that they'll riot and burn Collingwood down uh, if they win, then that'll be great for property prices. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely. But look, let's talk about the finals because um, there was two pretty interesting uh, games. They certainly weren't close, that's for sure. But uh, no. two blowouts, but. The Collingwood-Richmond game, did you foresee that happening at all? I totally did not. I thought that Richmond was a foregone conclusion. Um, so that was absolutely astounding to, to look at the score and see, what, what? <laughs> mm. Look, I thought Collingwood were a big chance to win, but certainly not by being 56 points up halfway through the second quarter or whatever it was. Like That's, that's just ridiculous. I don't think anybody would have foreseen Richmond to be to play the worst they've played in the last two years in a prelim final against Collingwood. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess they, they said that about Richmond's performances after the 1980, uh, 1980 Premiership as well. So uh, mm. who knows? Maybe they've got another... This is season one and they've got another 37 to go. Yeah. <laughs> Look, they, they just had a, another level to go to Collingwood, which I don't think anybody really saw... Saw in them, but look, they've just been impressive all year at the end mm. when it comes down to it. And, you know, you look at their forward line and on paper, it's kind of like, well, is that really a forward line? But you've got yeah. Jordan Degoe, who's a, turned into a genuine A-grade elite star this year. He's kicked 45 goals for the year. Hoskin Elliott's kicked 41. They've got 38 goals from Josh Thomas. Josh Thomas, <laughs> 38 goals. That's yep. nuts. 36 from Stevenson. 28 from Brody Majacek and 23 from Mason Cox. All of these players have kicked more goals than Charlie Dixon this year. Yeah, it's bizarre, isn't it? Uh, Unbelievable. The, Who would just, have ever foreseen any of them kicking more goals than Charlie Dixon this year? Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I certainly wouldn't have. Um, I know that there was all that talk last off season about how you don't, you, know, you can get away with a small forward line, but it didn't really seem to work for us. But it works well for Collingwood, mm. so maybe the problem is us. It does. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, it worked for Richmond last year, and I guess Collingwood have kind of followed suit. And look, they just out muscled Richmond yeah. on the weekend, and they they did to Richmond what Richmond have done to so many other teams. And that was just attack them physically, 
and uh, and run the ball forward as quick as possible. And helps when you got Mason Cox put in um, you know a career defining moment or uh, or performance with a, a monster game. Yeah, I, I guess maybe the the warning bells in hindsight should have been when Richmond lost to us. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> And uh, on the other side of the ledger and the country, um, Melbourne put in a disgraceful performance against West yes. Coast. They put in the lowest, the lowest half-time score in a preliminary final ever. The first time a pre- preliminary finalist has been held goalless in 93 years, I think it was. Um, just, uh, just stunning how bad they were in that first half. Good when football is built entirely on getting the ball first. Uh, and when they don't, that's the problem with midfield heavy sides is that when they get the ball and they look dominant and when they don't, they look like absolute ass clowns. And we got to see ass clowns this week. It was uh, very, 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 I wouldn't say satisfying, but uh, it's nice to know that Simon Goodwin's definitely not a threat. Well, it was just, again, it was interesting just to see how bad Melbourne were in terms of all their guns who had really delivered through the final so far. They were just absolutely nowhere. I think Nathan Jones looked like he'd had gastro all week. Like he had two touches at half time, I think it was. Mm. Um, Jack Viney was absolutely nowhere. He was, he was uh, Jordan, nailed. He was awful. Um, Jordan Lewis turned the ball over about six times in the first half, which all led to goals. Um, yeah, you know, all their stars, which they've relied on all year, they just—I uh, don't know if they got spooked by being in Perth and being in front of a, a very, very pro West Coast crowd, but. Uh, or maybe maybe their season just caught up with them at the wrong time. But, uh, yeah, very disappointing for them. On Spreaker Chat, Scott has called it the Chaplin effect, which, ouch. The Chaplin effect. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> harsh, but fair. Very harsh, but definitely fair, that mm. one. So, who wins the grand final this week? Uh, look, I mean, Collingwood does, but... God, it wouldn't surprise me if West Coast did just because they're being so good at being the villains this year, you know? <laughs> like, they're really doing a good job of it. Um, do you think Collingwood have a better team than West Coast do? I think it's at the MCG, and I'm assuming that the West Coast good umpiring will be negated in a grand final at the MCG. Mm-hmm. Well, they beat Collingwood at the MCG by six goals this year, so... Yeah, it's I'm, grand final now. Victorian I understand that. Online. I understand it. I understand there's going to be 70,000 Collingwood fans there and probably 20,000 West Coast supporters, and, that, and that's fine, but I don't know. I, I look at that West Coast lineup and I just see all across the board it's a better team, more talent than what Collingwood does. That doesn't mean they're going to win, but I'm, I'm very, very surprised at how short a favourite Collingwood actually is. I don't know what the stats are, but isn't there some long record, I'm sure I read somewhere, of some long record about uh, grand final results when a Victorian team plays against a non-Victorian team, whereas, you know, since the last 10 years, mm. it's probably been always the Victorian team. Um, yeah, uh, Scott has also said Clayton Oliver needs two shoulder recos, apparently, so that's pretty bad for the Demons. But anyway, back to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it didn't sort of hurt uh, Michael Wilson's career in the end, I guess, having a double shoulder reco, but... Um, yeah, that's a bit of a shame, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to get the Brownlow over his neck then, but... <laughs> well, I guess it depends on what position the, the shoulders are recoded in. You know, I don't, I don't <laughs> what think... hospital is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, true, I suppose, yeah. Um, mm. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I still feel like Collingwood at, at this point, uh, unless something significant changes, really. Yeah. Look, as I said, I'd be happy with either. But uh, moving on quickly, um, just to inform you, I'm not sure if you know or not, but uh, North Adelaide, the uh, the villains of last week, they see. went on and, uh, <laughs> you know, they had the, the 19th man on the ground. They won the grand final yesterday by 19 Disgusting. points. Disgusting. Absolutely <laughs> disgusting. How glorious is that? Honestly, could, <laughs> there, be, could, could there be any Bad better luck. way? Any better way for a Josh Carr team to win a premiership? Like, is there any possible way that it could be more Josh Carr? I don't think so. That is the most Josh Carr thing that's ever happened. <laughs> the only thing would have made it better was that the grand final would have been sponsored by the Ramsgate Hotel or something exactly. like that. That would have just topped it off perfectly. But, um, you know, Perfect. to win by 19 points when you cheated by having 19 players on the ground the week before is just uh, just wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. <laughs> Oh, beautiful, like, you know, chef kiss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, let's get on to some questions. And okay. uh, we've got a, got a couple of good ones. Look, we're going to be talking about uh, this podcast is titled The Outer. So we're going to be discussing six players who, are, who might be on the outer from Port Adelaide. Um, so there's a few questions regarding them here. But the first one from Christoph is... Uh, why do apples always taste nicer when you slice them up? Uh, I guess probably because more of the surface area is sweet. Uh, like yeah. you, get, you get more surface. It's yeah, a very yeah. yeah yeah. Look, apple skin is quite bitter. Yeah. And um, when you bite into it, you, you're getting you know thirty percent, forty percent skin, as opposed to if you slice them up, you're getting you know maybe. Four percent skin, so you're getting more flesh, more flavour. Uh, I think it's just as simple as that. Yeah, and but like even like even it just comes down to like flavour surface area because if you've got the thin slice and you've got a little bit of skin on it, well, the vast majority mm. of that surface area will in fact still be you know sweet, juicy uh, flesh of the goodness. Animal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Plus, who why. doesn't love eating uh, cut up food? I mean, it's great. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I love having a, a sliced up apple. It's uh, one of the better ways to, to have it, really. Yeah. If I'm feeling really decadent, and I do sometimes, like I make this my breakfast effectively in, in hot days in summer, is I get I cut up an apple, put it in a bowl, and then I just pour top it up with a little bit of extra apple juice, and then I eat it with a fork. And I just like, every, that way you know absolutely every single bit of it's going to be nice and juicy. It's not going to dry out. It's going to be really good. Yeah. Uber apple. Uh, next question is from Andre, which is, uh, is Sam Gray the barometer of our list strength? As in, if he's getting regular games, is our list lacking? Or is it just poor selections getting him so many? Yeah, I don't think he's in a Tom Logan situation. Um, because he's, no. not, he's not a utility for a start. Um, I, he's I not think, a Matty Thomas. No, he he's a... Oh, I don't even know, he's just a fave. He's just someone that... Ken likes what he can do, which is occasionally run around like crazy and, and take a mark. Well, he had a good January year ball. last year. He was all right this year. He had a good year, year yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, this year, he he started the year off pretty he well, faded. I guess, and just faded completely as the year mm-hmm. went on, just like Port Adelaide did, I guess. But, um, you know, I guess he's in the side or around the mark until someone else better comes along. 
as simple as that. You know, we tried Amon, he failed. We've tried quite a few other players, they've failed. Need, you know, never gets a kick or a goal. So at the end of the day, Sam Gray can run around, he can get his, you know, 15 to 20 disposals and average goal a game, I guess. And at the moment, that's probably better than what anyone else is capable of doing. I mean, I guess if you're going to make him a barometer of something, it's probably a barometer of our forward line function because I think of all of our forwards, he's probably the one that can perform his role the best without support in that he, mm. can, he can deal with the choppy kicks going forward and he can deal with having a guy on him. Like, he seems to be all right at that stuff. I'm not saying he's brilliant at it, but I think he's more effective than a lot of our guys who, you know, like the pacey guys, it's hard for them to, to perform on their own. Like, they've got to get good delivery if, if they're going to use their pace correctly. But Sam Gray just sort of keeps going along and um, he kicks goals when, you know, it's hard to get them. I think a lot of... I'm not saying... That's not, that's not quite right. He kicks goals when supply is plentiful, um, but yes. it's not tidy. He kicks goals when the opposition... is the He is the classic flat-track bully. Like, he doesn't kick goals against anyone but bad teams. Let's face it. Yeah, you did a few times this year. I just think that it requires plentiful ball, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and mm. then he gets goals. And I think that's, like I said, that's part of our forward function. Hmm. I'm just doing the stats at the moment. He kicked six goals this year against top eight sides. There you go. Out of 21. Yeah, well. <laughs> that's our Sam. Yeah. Uh, next question from Schultzenfest is, is Billy Frampton ready? Yes. What is he ready for? Uh, he's ready to be Paddy Ryder's backup. You reckon he's he's ready for that? I reckon we're ready for him to be ready, and I reckon that if he's not, let's find out next year. Mm. Well, I think he's uh, as ready as he's going to be. Exactly. Well, I'm, I can't see him improving any any better than what he is currently now outside of playing AFL footy and getting used to the speed and and what he has to do at that level. He's in that sweet spot of we either do list or play in most games, you know? Yeah. Because if he's not ready now, he's not going to be ready. And if, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? So he's got to be ready to play that role on an AFL side. And mm. the only way he can do that is by actually playing in an AFL side. And if we just keep him around for another year and play him maybe one or two games, well... That's just the stupidest result possible. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely idiotic. Mm. Um, a couple more questions in regards to Billy Frampton, and that's from Lawn Chair Larry. Uh, the first one is: Is uh, Billy better as a permanent forward if Charlie Dixon has only a couple of years left? No. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Maybe as a third toll whilst uh, whilst resting forward, but I think um, if. Look, I think if he's going to make it, he's probably going to make it more as a ruckman than a forward. I think I can't see him becoming a you know thirty-five to forty goal a year. No, yeah, not. first no. first string forward, to be honest. It's really rare. It's it's really rare for that to happen, and particularly when he doesn't do it at SNFL level. Really, you know, yeah. he's a ruckman. So if you, if you just spend yeah. all your time training as a ruckman, at a certain point, you're a ruckman. Um, Look, he he was uh, impressive in his last game playing. You know. Yeah. 50% forward and took some nice contested marks and kicked yeah. a goal or, or two, I think it was. But, but you definitely don't um, need to be a Outside of that, no, 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 definitely not. Um, Launch here, Larry's also asked, will Billy be part of a deal for Lysa? Why? No. Uh, look, there's so many. I, I want to answer about 10 different ways. 
which is, yes, <laughs> if we're idiots, no, why would we do that? I don't know, because who the hell knows what's going on at Port Adelaide. So pick one of them and go with it. <laughs> yeah. Look, at my, I, I could half see it happening, but Lysett is a free agent. We can get him without training anybody. So um, whether that's good or not, I don't know. It's but, not, uh, yeah, I, I don't see Billy Frampton being part of a deal for Lysett. Um, do I see him being traded? Possibly. Possibly. Maybe. Uh, Launchair Larry's also asked uh, if the club adopts the mantra of no dickheads, can we resurrect Sam Powell Pepper by virtue of our brothers straightening him out? Uh, do we have a no dickheads policy? I don't know. I don't know if we do. Well, I mean, I know that talk like that probably cost us drafting Jack Darling. I mean, instead we picked Ben Jacobs. So, you know, maybe it's not mm. a good policy. Yeah. Well, I would say there's probably a few dickheads at the club, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> so, <laughs> Some in uh, coaching roles. but Quite mate. possibly. Quite possibly. Mm. So I, 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 don't, I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm fine on Sam. That, yeah. that drama he... through the week is just bullshit. Yeah, look, that's the biggest non-issue. And I love the fact that, um, oh, I don't know who it was. One of the newspapers, I think it was, pixelated it. So, it, and it just made, made it look 10 times more graphic than what it actually was, um, which was ridiculous. But in any case, uh, another question regarding Sam that is also from Launchair Larry is he a don't argue one trick pony with poor disposal skills? an inside mid who can be overtaken by Atlee and therefore surplus two requirements? Um, look, uh, I think with Sam, he's kind of in a similar boat, not in play type, but in what he could become type to like Jarman Impey. Uh, in that right now you could say, yeah, he's got limitations. And if you don't think players can get better than they are, um, then you might say, yeah, let's trade him while he's got a little bit of value left over from last year. But, I don't know, I mean, I'm still happy giving him a shot, at least one more year, to sort of get his head straight and really put in a, a, a full season. Um, yeah. At the end of next year, ask that question again and I'll probably have a different answer, uh, one way or yeah. the other. Well, we'll talk about him in a bit more detail later, so I'll save my response to that one yeah, in, yeah. Uh, in a moment's time. But... Uh, um, Steve Power has asked, uh, why did all these players go backwards this year? Coaches. Like, this is, there's only one reason why so many players go backwards in a year, right? Mm. <laughs> I can't think of any others, can you? <laughs> Look, maybe skill limitation. Maybe they've reached their peak and then that's, that's it. Maybe they got distracted from something else. Who knows? But... Look, our game style probably didn't help many players at all this year. And look, I would say three quarters of our squad went backwards this year, to be honest. I think that's a pretty fair statement. Hmm. And yeah, look, I think that's all down to game plan. Yep. Quite yep. simply. Comfortably. Yeah. Uh, AFL 2004 has asked, do you see Atlee getting games over Rockley for Power Pepper? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Rockcliffe does his shoulder or something off like that, then there's a real shot. Um, and I, I wouldn't say that Atlee was competing only with those two as well. I mean, I would say that he's competing yeah. with, you know, Wines, for example. Um, certain, I'm not saying he's a, he's a straight replacement, but if Wines get injured, suddenly you're looking at Atlee again, aren't you? Um, you know, yeah. there's a few others as well. So uh, I think I think he's just part of the midfield mix. 
Um, I think yep. the Rockliffe coming in this year probably stole a couple of games from Atley, but next year Atley's another year older, another year more developed, another year more in the system, which unfortunately was a shit system this year, so maybe it's like doing the same one again. Um, and, uh, yeah, he's he's got he's still got every opportunity, every opportunity. So I'm, I'm glad we re-signed him. It's good work. Yeah, me too. Very, very happy about that. Um, I, last question, AFL 2004 has asked, if somehow we have a chance to get Lukosius or Rankin, which one would you take? It would be negligent for us not to take Lukosius. Yep. yep. Absolutely. I yeah, you have to. You I have think to. I would get more enjoyment in the short term out of Rankin. Um, and if I was drafting for a premiership, which you shouldn't do, I'd probably draft Rankin if, like, for a short-term premiership, I mean. But yep. with our list, with our tours, where they're at, like, yeah, Lucosius for sure. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, look, I'm I'm a big fan of Rankin, and there's every chance Rankin could become a better player than Lucosius. But on the same margin, the Lucosius could easily become the best modern day key forward. He's got that sort of talent and skill set and physicality about him. Um, so, yeah, you can't overlook Jack for me. You've got to go with Lukosha. You've got to go with the key forward, especially if they're potentially going to be such a good key forward. And we all, all know the stats regarding the draft. If you want a gun key forward, you have to draft them early. Yeah. Also, how tall is Rankin? Uh, 178 or something, yeah. I think. So then you've got that old thing about, you know, the, the danger of drafting guys that are 180 centimetres with really early draft picks um, and mm. how they are more likely to drop. Um, I mean, you don't want to be the team that picks Tambling ahead of Franklin, do you? <laughs> really? No, definitely not. Because Tambling, when he was a junior, he looked really good. He really did. Yeah, um, he did. Yeah. Yeah. No, you definitely don't want to make that mistake again. But... Um... I guess we'll see what happens. And look, we don't have to worry about that because we're probably not going to get either. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'll be long gone. Um, right, let's talk about our six players oh, that we're going to talk about tonight, as I, we mentioned. I've been asked to throw... Oh, there's another question on Spreaker Chat, which I just thought I'd throw okay. while we're doing questions. Thoughts on Monty yep. and Schofield as assistants? Has that been confirmed? I don't know. It's being asked, though. That's all I know. It's been asked. Look, Schofield definitely yeah. has to come in. He's a gun. He's done everything possible. He's just led Subiaco to his third premiership, undefeated, dominant. You know, he can't do any more. So definitely bring him in. Montgomery, uh, less enthused about that one, yeah, I would say. Not sure about that. Um, yeah, we would have to think long and hard about that. Look, Treaders said on TV apparently tonight that there's uh, – the likelihood that we will be bringing in two premiership players as assistant coaches. So oh, um, whether Carr. that meant, well, would we go back to Josh Carr again? Oh, after we on got the back past? Of an, on the back of an NFL premiership, maybe. I don't know. Like, what else has he learnt from when he was an assistant coach no with idea. us two years ago? I've got no idea. But, you know, what, mm. what, what's Monty been doing since he left the Bulldogs? Yeah, not sure either. Yeah, right. So, you know, if <laughs> well, we, if we he didn't specify out. two Port Adelaide Premiership players. So it's possible yeah. it to someone entirely. else. Yeah. But you would you would assume that it's a Jimmy Port Adelaide, Bartel. I guess. If it's Jimmy Bartel, I'm excited. Well, that'd be nice. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's leaving the media, though, but 
<laughs> no, I know, but that would that would be like if I'm picking a just a random Premiership player, like that's probably right at the top of my list. Yeah. Right. Let's uh, let's go on to the players. First one we'll talk about is Sam Powell Pepper. Uh, his second year at Port Adelaide, he played 16 games down from 22 last year. Um, he improved his disposals. He averaged 19 touches a game, um, averaged four inside 50s, three and a half clearances. Um, how did you see his season? Because it was a bit up and down. Yeah, I think that there's a lot in Sammy's head this year, uh, really. I think that we saw that in his on-field form and he had these patches where he was kind of rubbish and then he got kicked out of the side and then he came back and he was on fire for a couple of weeks like he's just completely blitzing it but then he didn't add more to his game than just you know having a hard crack at it um mm. you know like that really long, i can't remember which game it was when he kicked that ridiculously long goal from a stab kick like that was great um and that that's, that's, yeah and we want to see more of that that's the that's the the pal pepper that we drafted like that's the the, the style of game that he was playing that i think that you know, we really liked was he did have that burst ability to perform. Um, we yeah. probably didn't really see that much this year, and I think that was really a, the more concern. Uh, it could be argued that this falls into the same category of all we expect every single one of our midfielders to be a contested midfielder, um, yeah. which I'm not saying he can't do it, but I am saying that when you do that, it looks like you do lose a hell of a lot of his uh, uh, talent in the process. Yeah. Look, I, th- I don't know. It, it's two minds. He obviously started pretty poor. He got dropped. He had the uh, the issue earlier in the year. Uh, he was out on the side for a while. Um, and look, his end to the season was pretty poor as well. Um, there was a noticeable drop from round 18 onwards from what he was, was doing before that. But look, when he came back into the side in round eight, and for a good you know 10 games there, he was brilliant. He was really, really good. All our supporters were commenting, you know, he's he's matured, he's playing great football, he's going in hard, he's getting a lot of the ball, um, you know, he's doing a lot of the midfield stuff, he's getting it forward. He was having a real impact there through our purple patch of wins. Yeah. Um, but as soon as we started to go back downhill again, so did his form. It kind of mirrored it perfectly. Um, so I'm not sure if if he was relying on other people's good work to get a lot of the ball or if it was vice versa? Well, I mean, I'd say a lot of it was also momentum. Like we're seeing with Collingwood, like momentum football is pretty key. Um, and when all yeah. your midfield is performing, then every single bit of it can be better. It can show a bit more flair. But when it falls over, I mean, I guess you, you look... When, when a midfield is struggling, you generally would look for your younger players to be the ones that fall away. And he's still a yeah. younger player. You know, he's in his second season this year. Um, I guess that to some extent is to be expected. I think. Yeah. No. Yeah. Look, he's only twenty still. It'll be yeah. twenty-one before the the season starts next year. And look, going into his third season, I'm expecting big things from Sammy next year. He's got the talent. He's got the skill set. Um, his body's ready to go. Um, yeah. He just needs a big preseason. Needs to focus on what he has to do, on field and off field. If he does that, he'll be a genuine star. I've got no doubt about that. Um, what what sort of position do you see him best fulfilling? Do you, do you like him more as that sort of inside grunt mid that can tackle hard and get clearances, or do you like him a bit more outside? I'd like him a bit more outside. 
uh, really. I'm not yeah. saying like pure outside, but I definitely want him to be somewhere where he can get a sprint on, like receive the ball, yep. actually receive the ball and, you know, have a good hard run. And if that means running through a bloke on the way, then that is ideal. Right? Yeah, that, absolutely. That, yep. Yeah. Like real Lee Matthews style I, I would footballer. agree completely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree completely. I think that, um, that that sort of suits him a lot better than being just that sort of inside grunt mid. I like him more on the outside. I think he's got great burst speed. He's got real power, real core strength. He can break through tackles. And, um, and we know that when he does uh, get free, he can deliver really nice footy inside 50 and can kick mm. long goals as well. So that that's the sort of role that I want to see him in next year, not um, that sort of knuckled down inside mid type. Yeah, he's got to be played to be damaging because we drafted a damaging midfielder and if you don't play him as that, then what are you doing? Yeah, that's it. Uh, next player to talk about is Billy Frampton who played the one game we got the token game in the last oh, round of the I'm year still angry about that oh, me too <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's vent about it I, I don't know what we were doing with Billy Frampton this year um, he needed to play earlier than that when Ryder went down earlier in the season he had to play games oh, I can understand how you know come round two maybe he wasn't ready after his off field surgery but he just had to like he should have played four or five games this year, not one, and not a token game in the last round. If there's one thing you can take out of season 2018, it's that the grand finalists are both teams that know how to play backup ruckman when your top one isn't playing in ruck. Mm. <laughs> That's ah, oh, I'm really frustrated with how we played him, but you know to come in even to come in when he did in the last game of the year when Porter and the shit streak. Uh, with no expectations on him, and you know, he's, he's I mean, he, he'd be aware of all the people and saying, play Frampton, play Frampton, why isn't Frampton playing, and all that sort of thing. All that pressure on yeah. him, and just still go out and, you know, get really a better stat average than Matt Lobby averaged. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's in his first game, I think you did all right. Uh, yeah, I, I, look, I, I don't see why we didn't play him earlier in the year. I don't see why we didn't play him when Paddy Ryder was out of the side completely. Uh, and it, it was proven absurd more and more every time we lost because we didn't have Ruckman, and there were multiple games that you could say we lost pretty much because of that. Um, yeah, it's not not wasn't one. It was at least three or four. I can think I, I can't name them, but I know that there's about that many because I keep a tally in my brain for further grudges. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he should have played a lot more than he was. Uh, I'm not saying his form was scintillating this year, but he's got to get AFL experience. And if he's if we don't rate him to get that experience, then why is he on the list? What, and why did we go yeah. into this season with him on the list? Because nothing much has changed since last year, I wouldn't have thought. Um, yeah. Look, it's it's incredibly frustrating that we, we do this. We we go into a season with a structure that we want. Oh, it's great. Or that, that that I assume a structure that we want because we play that structure in round one. Yeah. And I then something one. happens, someone gets injured, and then we never play that structure again for the rest of the year. We never yeah. play that playing group together. It happened in 2014 with John Butcher, how he played the first three games, then we never saw him again. It happened in uh, it happened last year, and it's happened this year. So three out of the last what five years, it's happened. It's it's just baff- it, it's baffling. It's truly baffling why we do this. You know, if your main ruckman goes down, I don't want to see Justin West off in the ruck because he's not a ruckman. And you just completely 
ruin what makes Justin Westhoff so good by doing that. I don't want to see Charlie Dixon in the ruck because we have no one else to kick to. <laughs> I don't want to see us kick to Sam Gray and Jake Need all the time. No. I'm over that. You know, it was bad enough back in the day with Choco how we just kicked to bloody Brett Ebert and Motlop all the time. Oh, you're getting you know? sorry, to, sorry to bring up <laughs> old wounds. But, <laughs> you know, what is it with this coaching group that can't stick with a structure? When, when people get injured, why can't it be like Phil Walsh said at the Crows, you know, next man up? Why can't it be that? It's cowardly, isn't it? It's absolutely cowardly. Mm. Um, because what happens is that we increasingly just have more defenders um, and we just try and act as though the season is one long game and when you get a little bit in front and you try and defend it, um, and it really doesn't work like that. And we've proven multiple times it doesn't work like that. Um, gee, it's nice to have Do we have defense. that little faith? Well, do, we do. do our coaches really have that little faith in our backups? Yes, and that little faith, oh, I don't know. It's almost like they have that little faith in our defence as well, you know. Mm. Um, yeah, like who? They robbed the forwards, so they're not happy with the forwards. They robbed the forward line. They're obviously not happy with the midfield. They're ha- not happy with the defence because they overload it. What are they happy with? What part, what part of the the ground do you think the coaches are happy with? I'm not sure. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure. I don't know. Look, I, I assume that our defence does a decent job because we keep teams to a low score each week. Yeah. Uh, whether we win or lose, we still do that. With but extra men back, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we have you know we play a nine man defence half the time, and then Westhoff so... decides he needs to drop back there, and then it's ten. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really confusing, and um, I can understand why our reserve players would get frustrated with this. And look, I've got no doubt that Billy would have been frustrated with his lack of game time throughout the year. And, um, look, maybe he was frustrated that he got a token game at the end there as well. Who knows? But, um, look, I would like to see more of Billy next year, especially if Ryder's, you know, going to be walking wounded again. we just got to play him. The we second, just need to play him. The second Ryder starts limping your name for Anthony. That's what we want to see next year. I don't want to see us robbing Peter to pay Paul anymore by putting our full forward or our, you know, tall utility in the ruck. No. Which just robs us. It's so you've you got to play. You have to play. Like if you do that, that's like a one-off, you know, for a quarter in a game if the current setup isn't working. Like that's that's the most you might consider changing something like that. But as a go-to thing to do on multiple occasions in multiple games so that every opposition coach knows you're going to do it and therefore you lose mm. the advantage, the shock value of it. It's stupid. Stupid. Yep. Yep. Uh, next player is Joe Atley, who didn't play a game this year. Um, yeah. He had some pretty good form in the SNFL through the first half of the season. He played a lot of the trial games. He was. He certainly was. He played a lot of the trial games. He was, you know, look, if we didn't play Tom Rockliffe from the get-go when he was uh, yeah, unready, true. then I've got no doubt that Atlee would have been in the side come round one. Yeah, absolutely. I, think, I think you're absolutely right. Because yeah. uh, he did have a pretty good preseason. He, he played some really good preseason games um, before the season started. But uh, just didn't get a go. And uh, and then he hurt his back and missed uh, pretty much the entire back end of the season. Mm. Um, look, I, you know how big a fan I am of Joe Atley. I, I love the kid. I reckon he's got a lot of potential, a lot of real genuine AFL potential. He's got great, great burst speed. He's got really good um, strength at the contest. He's super clever with the bowl, especially in tight. 
Um, look, we need someone like Joe Attlee in the side. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that's pro- I think that's probably the case, and I, I think that when we brought Rockcliffe over, I know I certainly was. I was expecting him to be more than just a grunt midfielder. I was expecting him to be that guy that couldn't slot in and out of the the forward line. And if he's not doing that, then I guess that does take out his role. But if Rockcliffe can get back to what he can be, and our yeah. structure can get back to what it can be, then there's no reason he can't fit into that Port Adelaide midfield next year. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. What I would like to see happen is uh, is Pal Pepper take over Sam Gray's spot in the side and yeah. roll in the side, yeah. um, and bring in Joe Atley to take over what was Pal Pepper's spot in the side. Yeah, um, yep. I think that's best case scenario from where I sit. Pretty close to it, I agree. Mm. Uh, I think it's great that he's re-signed. I was very concerned that he was going to leave. Uh, um, because why would you stay, <laughs> I yeah. guess? But, um, you know, I feel that way about, about a lot of the players at the moment. But, um, look, I'm very glad he has stayed, and I really hope the coaches show a lot of faith in Joe next year. And, you know, he should be playing um, minimum 10 games, I would think, next year. Now, here's the Porsche question. Does uh, Joe Atley resigning at the time he did, given that... Uh, Polek's official asking for a trade was probably a day or two before it. Um, does that mean that we're getting his brother, Sean, from uh, North Melbourne as part of a trade? Mm, don't think so. You reckon? Got to be an outside chance, I reckon, no. with that timing. Potentially. Well, who knows? Maybe it would just be a straight Polek for... Like, we wouldn't get a first rounder plus Atlas for Polek. Oh, well, it really depends. Like, it could be first-rounder and Atley for something and something. I don't know. Mm. Depends on what it is. Not sure. Not sure. I'm not against it. Um, I would be happy to bring over Sean across because I think his sort of skill set suits this is just my... how we how we kind of want to play football. But, um, yeah, not sure. Not sure. Look, we know that Joe's, as I've said a couple of times, um, you know, Joe said before the draft, like he had no real sort of interest of playing with his brother. Like he wanted to sort of create his own path and uh, and wanted to do it on his own sort of thing. Um, yeah, but you know. So whether we bring in his brother, uh, look, look, Sean could certainly play Polek's role in the side. Um, yeah, yeah. but not, yeah, not sure about that one. That's but an no, interesting like... question. This is this is the Porsche thinking like last year's one when we re- signed every tour back when except Logan Austin like it just feels like that's the sort of thing you go mm, mm, yeah maybe that's a bit yeah, about how yeah. he feels where he is in the side okay yeah that's a good one that's a nice one I like that that's a good question Porsche I do like that uh, next player Sam Gray he played nine. 90- 15 games this year, averaged uh, 15 disposals per game, which was the lowest since his debut season in 2014. Uh, averaged a smidge over a goal a game. Uh, two inside 50s, less than one clearance, and uh, not much else for uh, for Sammy Gray. Look, he had a pretty decent first half of the season. He had a really good game against Brisbane. It was arguably best on ground that day. Uh, kicked four against North <laughs> Melbourne as well. Um, yeah, he was kicking goals earlier in the season and then they just all dried up. Yeah, look, I mean, I think the most noticeable thing about Sam Gray this year, and I guess probably the most concerning for Sam, is that this year he was actually, it actually seemed that he went back to being a player that could be dropped on form. Um, yeah. So that was interesting. 
uh, and I think that's I mean that's why I included him in this grouping. Um, I think that he probably. It's hard to say any one season's better than another for Sam Gray, isn't it? <laughs> you know, it all just seems much. They all sort of blend nice. together. They, yeah. they all um, they all have their good points and then their bad points, really. Um, yeah, exactly. And he's done that all the way across. But mm. um, look, the thing that just does my head in about Sam Gray is that look, he is a flat track bully. He plays really well against poor opposition, and he goes missing when it matters against good opposition, and it's happened for years now uh, it's uh, it's never going to change it will never change <laughs> um, just because well, we're recording this during the Brownlow I just thought I'd mention that at this time Sam Gray is our third highest Brownlow vote getter with four in oh round nine, wonderful by round nine yeah, round yeah. nine <laughs> there you go he's equal with Robbie <laughs> oh. I'm not sure how I feel about that, to be honest. Well, look, as I said, you know, he was probably he probably got you know two votes against Brisbane and two votes against North. So. Yeah, maybe. Mm. It's still funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. I guarantee you won't get another vote. Well, who knows? I'll be pretty sure about that. There's always that that which grey is it factor. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Look, where do you see him fitting in next year? Uh, hopefully not. Um, that's 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 what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that with our five draft picks we've got this year, and ideally um, Patmore, Jake Patmore, um, that we've got yep. enough options in our forward line. And indeed, the move you made earlier of saying let's have Sam Pepper take uh, Sam Gray's role as a quasi forward. Um, I'm hoping yep. I'm hoping Sam doesn't get inside next year. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think we, if we're going to move forward as a footy club then someone like Sam Gray needs to just be depth only and not a locked-in member of the first team. Yeah, yeah, totally, yes. Quite simply. Uh, which leads us to another frustrating player, and that is Jasper Pittard, who oh, um, played his lowest amount of games since 2012. He only played the 11 games this year, averaged 16 disposals, his lowest in about four years. Uh what to say about Jasper? He just never looked in it at all this year. No, no. At any Malcolm, stage. As Malcolm Blight might have said, pitiful pitard. Um, he's really not good mm. at all. Uh, he, he is at his worst form since he was an 18 or 19-year-old and playing his first set of games, whenever that was. Or 20-year-old yep. he was, yeah. Um, he's, he's gone he's complete complete reversion. And I don't mean complete reversion in terms of, oh, suddenly he's doing the same thing he's always doing, but it's not working. I mean, no, no, no. He's not even trying the same stuff that he used to try and do. You know, he just looked like yeah. he looks like a man that's given up. Um, and that's terrible. Yeah. Look, gone with the long searching runs and, yeah. uh, you know, the zig and zag and then sort of, uh, you know, panic. Um, there was none of that. It was just get the oh, ball and panic. The panic was there. Panic. You kept the panic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> There was just none of the uh, the promising stuff before the panic. It yeah. was just instant panic. Um, yeah, look, he had a shocking season, to be honest. And to put it bluntly, I, I hope he leaves the club at, at the end of this season. I know he's up for yes, trade. Agreed. We put his name up. I hope someone bites. I don't care oh, what I'd we love get. It. I'd love it. I, I honestly don't. Oh, yeah, fourth round pick. Just give us pick seventy six, please, please, Let's someone. Someone, anyone, any takers, please. Um, you know, I'm over it. I don't want him at the club anymore. No, no. He's done so. Just been a, 
apart from 2016 and maybe half of 2015, he's just been a big disappointment since he got here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to you know, mix any words here. Um, it should be over. It should be all over for Jasper. Yep, agree. Agree. Um, but I will say this, though. I felt at, at one stage of the season that his introduction into the side actually helped the rest of the team a little bit. It helped guys like Bonner and Houston down back a little bit. Um, but certainly not from his own form with the ball in hand because that was a disaster pretty much the whole year. Yeah, look, I mean, he's, he's never been there because he's a you know a fantastic you know classical defender. He's always been there as a, as a creator on the rebound. And if he can't do that, he's nothing to us, really. Yeah. Yes, and uh, on to our last player, Carl Amon, who um, played just the six games this year, averaged 15 disposals a game. Um, can, can we just cut the like bit you just talked six. about and then put it in again? <laughs> yeah, it, it really didn't. Uh, it really didn't feel like he played six games at all. Uh, I can't really remember anything he did at all this season, to be honest. Um, look, he, he was disappointing. He he showed promise. Um, I know he's one of our widely criticised players, and fair enough too. Um, but look, I thought through sixteen and seventeen, he showed quite a bit of promise in that sort of half-forward flanky type role. Um, but yeah, he, he missed out on selection earlier in the year and when he came back into the side, he just didn't do anything at all. Yeah, no, he's um, he's well, he's exactly he's exactly a player in that category where we did list him or trade him this year. And if, there's, if, we, if he's on our list next year, he, he shouldn't be. Um, he's had a yeah. really he's had a good opportunity. He's had a, a, a he really has. reasonable Absolutely. opportunity to prove himself. He's had forty two games, which is a lot more than a lot of players get. Um, yeah, we should be seeing him. We should be getting an idea of what Carl Aim on the player is like at this point, and I feel like we have, and it's not good enough for AFL. Um, yeah, and that's it, really. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, he's had his chances, and unfortunately, he's just not been able to deliver consistently enough. Um, and this year is just a complete non-event at all. Um, so look, I've got no doubt he's not going to be. A, I know he's contracted for next year, but I've got no doubt that he's not going to be at the club next year. Yeah, it'll yep. either be he'll either be traded or we'll just uh, delist. Him and eat up his contract. That'll be it. Definitely one of them. Yes. Not much more to say about that. No. In fact, I'm going to go on record. I'm going to say that whoever we draft with our last draft pick is probably going to be a better option than Carl Amon. There you go. Possibly. Probable. Possibly. Um, Yeah, we need to give more games into guys like Kane Farrell and, as you said before, Jake Patmore as well. So. Joel Garner. um, Joel Garner, yep. Look, Carl's had his chances. Not good enough. Yep. Shame. Because he did over. show promise there. I liked I liked his skill set. I liked his... When I first saw him playing in the SNFL, I, I loved his bit of X Factor. He was almost like a mini Chad Wingard there. For yeah. a while. Um, okay. He had big leap, good goal sense, good pace, really nice skills. And at times he showed that. But just never, you know, it's never just that times. old thing that, we, that we've that we kept saying about Port Adelaide players for, you know, 10 years now. They show promise, they get to a certain point, and then that's it. There's no more development sort of thing. Yep. 
Um, and I guess guys like Jakey Needs in the same boat as that. You know, he's shown a lot of promise. He's got to a he's got to point X, and it's just never been able to get above point X again. I, I, I um, reckon. And Carl Amon's the same. Yeah, I reckon you've been a bit kind to Jake Need there, but um, anyway. <laughs> have we talked about Jake Need yet in one of these reviews, or are we saving that all up for later? We have. I'm pretty sure we have. Okay. Yeah. Well, in that case, yeah, no, Jake Need, he never had huge potential, and he lived up to it. <laughs> <laughs> Harsh. Look, I still rate his 2014 final series as, uh, as stunning. He was great in mm. all of them. So uh, you can see why he became um, a mini mainstay in the side, I guess, but... I reckon he's extracted everything he could myself, Jack Nate. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Well, that's it for this evening. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the outer done. Next week, uh, we're going to be talking about the premiership factor. Oh, so this is some, my favourite uh, one. This is a good one. This is yeah. Paddy Ryder, Stephen Motlock, Robbie Gray, Chad Wingard, Jared Polek, Todd Marshall and Justin Westhoff. So many, because every one of those players is a genuine discussion point, really. I think we might have a long one next week. It'll be good. Yep. Um, yep, I agree. they're so controversial uh, in how important you consider they are to the side. So, uh, yeah, yep. it'll be very interesting. Um, Especially when uh, one, possibly two are leaving. So <laughs> I know, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there we go. There we go. And look, I'm just going to, before we wrap up, I just want to point out that Sam Gray is still, you know, Equal third on our leaderboard with four votes. Ah, uh, go Sammy. <laughs> it's terrible, Good isn't stuff. it? Mm. Uh, honestly, I reckon that the one year in you know like thirty years time that a Port Adelaide player wins a Brownlow medal, it's just going to catch everyone Adelaide by surprise because they'll have stopped watching years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm. All right. Until okay. next week. Yeah. Calm, Calm down. The running Francis, it's deafening at Footy Park. It's like finals footy at Tretre Marks at half board. He's lifted as well, Tretre. Five marks for him this afternoon to the goal square. Chad Corns is the man of the moment. Can't do it this time. Stewie Jew right 